Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. <laughs> I have a great, great show today. You're going to have a lot of fun on this show because when we talk about the show, we talk about the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series and everything else that's going on, everything in this world today is about visualization. No matter what business you're in, no matter what you do, no matter what you're involved with, if you can't visualize your offering or visualize your product or your service, you're going nowhere fast. So we've been able to invite a leader in visualization. Actually, her company is one of the leading firms in architectural visualization. And of course, if you watch the show religiously, like we hope you do, you know we love architecture and we love visualization. So we've combined them both today with the president of Mark Zabo Studios. And her name, of course, is Sophia Zabo. And she has a great company. They've built a remarkable platform. And we're going to get into it today, but we love it so much. So, Sophia, welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Thanks, Andy. And thanks for saying my name perfectly and impeccably. Um, I know yours is easy, but I would still do the same for you if I could. <laughs> I love it, Sophia. I mean, listen, every architect in the world, every designer, in the world really needs renderings to really communicate their design to their clients. Because if they can't show the clients what's about to happen, the clients are going to buy it. I mean, and you've done this great, great rendering, virtual reality, visualization. You have a great studio. I have so many questions. My wife loves architecture, as you know. Before we get started, though, Sophia, let's pull the lens back to 30,000 feet. Tell us what you do at Mark Zabo, and then we'll get going. Well, sure. And, and you're absolutely right. We'll, we'll get into it some more. But without what we do, um, you know, we're sometimes we're one of the last thoughts in the totem pole of development, but so much it happens when we come aboard that people actually get to see their, their product. And so it's, it's nice to be part of that process. Um, so I, I was a bartender for 20 years, um, and that was my passion. And I ran bars, Soho House, all over the place. But then I kind of, you know, decided that I was outgrowing it. And my father had this beautiful business that he started back in the 70s. Uh, so he started doing illustrations for um, some architects back in the day, went to school for Art Center. And he figured, hey, I'm so good at this. Why don't I go ahead and just go and do it myself and freelance? So he kind of started that movement of freelance illustrators um, and not being beholden to just one architecture firm. He got so good at it that he could do that. And he, uh, I grew up back in the day where it was watercolors and you would roll it up and FedEx it. And then all the changes were, you know, you, you got very minimal changes because of the impeccable amount of work that you would do for it. Um, and then when the digital image came around in 1993, he felt he kind of had to switch his, uh, his business up a little bit. So 
he uh, had offered this to all of the old goat uh, painters and 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 writers and and drafters that he worked with, and they said, "I'm not going to change." So we started outsourcing some of our work as you know we were starting to compete with China and China's pricing, and so we went offshore as well, um, and we started developing relationships with other studios, which is great because we get to travel down to Argentina and work with a lot of our team and everybody there is licensed architects. So um, as my dad started to retire and I started to get sick of the restaurant industry, um, thankfully before the pandemic, uh, I thought, wow, real estate's really kind of the same thing. And it's a lot of selling and it's a lot of relationships. And what I do is uh, what I did for 20 years has come in handy. So I've since taken over the business, taking it into the millennial uh, range of of, <laughs> of digital technology. And um, it's been a trip. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Sophie, it's such a great journey because, you know, your dad, Mark, really started something very, very interesting, became sort of the go-to expert and then and became very successful. And now here you are, you're becoming, you know, successful in your own right in this space and becoming someone that's sort of a go-to creative. And, you know, when we look at it, and we're going to put on the screen some of the videos and some of the some of the electronic visuals and some of the advanced and beautiful renderings that you that you offer so that people can get an idea of what you do. But it's real interesting because, you know, my wife and I, we were looking at building a home. And after we went through the iterations and went through the process and went through, you know, with the architect, the architect sent us a beautiful sort of design of what the house would look like. And we actually could sort of walk through the house and see what the house looked like prior to building it. I would imagine everybody that's building a home, you know, in this day and age would want to see that. Isn't that right? Yeah. And, you know, um, there's two parts to that. So much of what we do helps the design process, too. So we will go through um, everything from private estates uh, all the way down to something like warehouses right now. And just for the sheer purpose of having this for the owner to be, then be able to frame, uh, to hang in the lobby. Um, but but again, it serves so many different purposes, like you're saying. So it's really helpful for the interior designers, for the architects, because they're seeing it in this CAD format, which is a, an architectural file uh, on the computer. So it's really great to see it come to life. And then they can make the changes they need to, much to sometimes our grin, but you know, we make it work. <laughs> I love it. You do such a great job. Again, we're going to show some of the rendering, some of the video on the screen. Let's talk about it. What types of companies reach out? You know, they, they've heard about Mark. They've heard about you now, Sophia, you know, the, the Mark Zabo studios. And they say, hey, Sophia, we want in, we want some renderings. Is it mostly architects? Is it mostly designers? Are there some other sort of verticals and spaces that are now using your visualization properties? Well, I would say with, um, you know, the home builder boom that happened, um, up, you know, uh, we did a lot uh, in that sector. So mostly residential. Uh, and we were working with those developers, Pulte Homes, DR Horton, you know, all of these bigger single family homes. And gosh, I love them. They're such great people. Uh, they, they do beautiful designs. So we do a lot of uh, elevations for them. But then we just completed this amazing industrial uh, animation for a broker, a friend of mine who's working for CBRE. So we kind of go across all verticals, um, not just uh, real estate. We seem to dominate in interiors because we are really some of the best in that. So whether it's uh, an animation, which we focus on primarily, or renderings, um, we kind of just, we do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because when you think about the design process, you think about interior designs, you think about architecture. You know, one thing that 
some designers maybe have a challenge with and some people buying the designs is they have a tough time figuring out sort of the way it's going to look from, you know, not only the conceptual space design, but how it all fits in and whether you have enough room to breathe and, you know, what it's going to look like. And, and you really have an expertise at that as well to put these renderings together in a way that shows the space in a livable opportunity. Is that sort of one of the ideas? Yeah. And sometimes people won't even have much to go off of. A lot of what we do is conceptual. Um, we have furniture libraries um, because my father was also an interior designer and, and I could have probably done it myself. Uh, we we will help guide our artists as well and say, no, you know, a lot of studios and teams and the way that we work, what makes us so great is that you've got a buffer of myself, my father, our whole team overviewing all the work coming directly from our artists so that you kind of have a, a double creative force behind it. So there's no pool deck scenes with people in big coats, which sometimes happens from other studio, you know? So I think it, it, it definitely helps to have that visual eye, but there's, there is a lot we can do just without having the plans there to begin with. So, um, and I will say, yes, uh, we do work with architects a lot of the time, most of our clients happen to be developers because they have uh, that kind of idea and vision. Uh, also, they have the marketing budgets, you know, but um, we, we, we help them the most, it seems to be. Yeah, it's yeah. super cool. And of course, you talk about the creatives, you talk about the artists and the people and the conceptual designers. And of course, you know, the computer programmers and everybody else that is part of this magnificent team that you've been able to put together. Where are they located? Are they all throughout the world? Are they located in one particular continent? Where is the team? Well, I will say uh, we've got over 80 artists working with us, um, and they range out of Miami, Los Angeles, and Argentina. Uh, my father did the, the boots on the ground work of putting together most of the teams, um, and they're amazing, wonderful people. We go and visit each other, you know, at least once or twice a year. Um, we go to their studios and we train their staff. They come up and they train with my father. So, I mean, I, their wives must hate me because I'm constantly on the phone with them left and right being, no, change this, no changes. But, you know, I, I find that a lot of other studios, what sets us apart too is there's no perfect process for this. And there are thousands of, you know, opinions and changes and backs and forth. And what I love about my team and what my father has put together is that they have such a great attitude. They don't nickel and dime, you know, uh, we don't nickel and dime. And, and they say, well, sure. Yeah. Let's keep them happy. Let's get the business in. So it's, it's just the right mindset. And we really lucked out with the, the people that we work with. Yeah. Over 80 artists and programmers and technologists and designers. It's really remarkable. You also have this thing that's going on at the company where people just love doing business with you. I mean, you're very responsive. You get back to people very, very quickly, whether they're a small company or a large company, they have access, you know, they have access to the people, access to the team. How important was your background and experience in learning how to sort of do customer service in elevating the customer service sort of protocol at Mark Zabo Studios? Well, you know, I think, and I, and I tell my father this a lot, I don't know if he, he appreciates it or not, but coming from a restaurant background, I understand um, not just, oh, the customer is always right, but why are they right and how can we improve? And so 
anytime that I see something that could be improved upon, I usually catch it before a client does. So I think um, my background in, in restaurants has allowed me to be able to intercept something before it may occur and say, hey, listen, this isn't up to my standards. Give me another day and let me turn this around to really wow you away. Um, I notice everything because of the type of person I am, because I, I'm... It's not really a workaholic thing. It's like I, I care that much. It's my father's business. It's a family name. So um, I guess most of what I do is to make him proud. Yeah, I love it. And you're doing such a great job. And one thing that comes to mind when we look at what you've done is you believe that the right pictures, the right video, the right, the right process really can sell a dream. So let's talk about that. How does your process help your clients sell that dream to their clients? Yeah, that's really important. Um, and especially in the last two years, people have gotten a little more comfortable with doing that. Um, most people existed on a simple architectural illustration. And I can't tell you how many I drive through the city going, oh, that's terrible. You know, so, uh, for example, uh, Polte is one of our biggest um uh, clients where we do all of their 55 plus communities. So we did an animation for them in uh, La Quinta, Rancho Mirage, I'm sorry, in, in Palm Desert. And it's it sold out to occupancy before anyone was even able to see a model. So uh, a visual, uh, an animation, while it may seem egregious in the, the, the planning stages, um, it helps you with the design process. It, it helps you save money by not spending more time on just, you know, these ideas floating around in your head. So I think that along with being able to see, you know, with um, the landscaping team and, and land development and to be able to work for city uh, planning and entitlement meetings, we we don't have to be at the very end of, you know, a marketing phase for a development or, you know, any sort of project, we could jump in at any point and we help bypass elections for, you know, cities to be able to build. We help bypass planning committees that are putting up a lot of red tape. So, you know, don't underestimate the importance of, of an image or a visual because it really just gets, it, it, it connects people, which I really like. That's really interesting, Sophia. I mean, when you think about it, there's a process and you think that people inquire. And I would imagine some of the questions are, how does it work? How do we get from point A to Z and how long does it take? Because people want to know that. And I'm sure you go through that in your, in your discovery process. So let's share a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, when somebody reaches out to me and says they have a project that they'd like to talk about, um, like I said, usually we'll get on a Zoom um, or, and do a brainstorm session if they're available. Um, sometimes, you know, whether it's a, a broker or development director or somebody, they just they don't have the time. So I'll ask for a site map of the project, which usually they have in a PDF form. Um, and they will add, and then I'll ask them, what would you like to do? What is your medium? Are you looking to do renderings, which are just still images? Are you looking to tell more of a story with an animation? And I will send some links, some relevant links. Um, and then usually it'll be kind of, well, I don't know, maybe both. And so what I'll do is I'll put together a proposal based on that site map, based on what they want to show. Um, and then based on, you know, if there are any elevations from the architect. So I'll look at the in interior and the exterior elevations so that my team has a better understanding of the actual, you know, work that is involved. Um, I'll, I'll sometimes ask, are we modeling our own furniture, meaning are we creating it or using our library? Um, with the interior designers, we're modeling a lot of furniture. So that, that'll take time. Um, and then from there, 
I'll go and, you know, provide them a few options if they want to do, for example, a clubhouse animation and maybe just one uh, rendering of a unit because eventually they'll have a model. Um, then we'll have that kind of discussion and we kind of bounce it around. No one pricing is is uh, accurate. And so a lot of times people say, oh, just send me your price sheet. And, you know, unfortunately, as each project is different. So I can send a range of prices of what we do for each technology. And I provide that in a proposal. Once that's done, uh, and hopefully the proposal is approved, they'll then link me up with, if they're not themselves, the architects, the interior designers, the landscaper, everything. And we'll kind of put together a portal on our online job board, start sharing the files. After that, we will provide them with, um, you know, some black and white images to choose the views for the architecture. And then we go through two rounds of changes in the color process where we will do, um, you know, looking at the, the materials, the FFE, which is basically like the artwork and the trinkets and, you know, making sure that all the textures are correct. Um, and then from there, we will go to do a final resolution. But we take so many things into account, but, you know, what kind of mood is it? So when you say interiors, we are looking to do are we pushing some sunlight in? Is it the golden hour? You know, so there's a lot of kind of things that we take into consideration that we do without really needing uh, our hands held. So that's the process we work off of in case anyone's interested. Um, Revit uh, files, 3DS Max. Um, this is for all the software geeks that are out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually we if, if there's a file that software that someone's used, we can adapt it to, to work inside our models as well. Um, so the process the timing for, for our visuals for renderings is similar to every other studio, two weeks, though we've done them in three days for some of our clients. Uh, for animations, it's about six to eight weeks, though we just did one in 10 days, one of the ones I'm going to send you right now, um, for an industrial client. So there it is. Uh, it, those are the turnarounds. Uh, with The VR tours is about two weeks as well. So that's our process and turnaround. That's what I would tell a client. Yeah, I love it. And you're such a visual person and you have an understanding of somewhat of a zeitgeist, someone that understands what people are looking for. You're a forward thinker. What happens when somebody reaches out to you? And I don't know if it ever happens, but what would happen? What would happen if you sort of looked at their current presentation and you're saying to yourself, well, you know, maybe they need to enhance the beautification of their website or their presence online. Do you also help with that as well so that your pictures and what you do can help them sell their product and their dream? Well, you know, I, I try not to reach out to people on LinkedIn and say, hey, just so you know, I could do a lot better for you, you know, but yeah. but I do, you know, sort of pay attention to where my opportunities may arise. Um, and, and I will say that I think um, there's always room for improvement with every company. Um, and I think that because if someone were to come to me, I guess was the, the question and, and what would the process be? Um, or maybe I'll just say that uh, for us, a process would be somebody coming and saying, here's our project. We have this many units or we have this many homes or, you know, maybe we're doing a redevelopment. We'll do, we do nightclubs, you know, all kinds of hospitality. Here's what I think. And I, I always say, let's do a brainstorm. So we'll meet on video and we'll say, OK, let me show you our different technologies, because that's important to know. Right. Um my favorite is an animation because it tells a story and I'm able to edit this and I'm able to add some stock photography. I'm able to kind of really use some drone photography and showcase the community, the demographics, the, you know, and to really 
um, be ethnically diverse and to show and check all the boxes. Um, now, if somebody is looking to do something that's a little more like interior focus and they really want to focus on, you know, the interior design, we'll look at maybe doing a virtual tour, um, which we call 360s or uh, a still rendering. So I think it really depends on the the my clients and what it is they're looking to do. And, and let's not be, you know, let's not beat around the bush. It's all about money. So what can they, what does their budget allow and how much can we do for them? I mean, often I'm, I, I take a lot of hits to, to be out there as much as I can, because I want people to have the best tool for their project that they're not just going to delete off their website in in 30 days. You know, most of our products will stay over a month, um, uh, into leasing and then they'll live on a separate area as well. So, um, we try not to be temporary on a website, you know? Yeah. It makes, it makes all the sense in the world. And of course you give back, you're a big believer in giving back to the community, your father as well throughout the years. And of course it caught our attention also that, you know, you not only love to help people, but you're also an animal lover as well. So have you been able to incorporate maybe into some of your renderings, little dogs or cats, or is that something we can expect in the future? I'm so glad you mentioned that because anytime I could plug Rancho Coastal, I will do that. And I'm sitting here waiting for my cat to walk across the screen at some point, but we did a, a, an animal hospital uh, animation for Rancho Coastal Humane Society out in San Diego. And it might've been one of the most rewarding experiences um, along with another one I'll mention. Um, but it was just so great to be able to work with, you know, green screen animals and doctors. And we really learned a lot in this process. And I think going to their charity event and then having that animation shown really gave people a general idea. And then the wallets come out and then, you know, everybody starts in it. And it was just really fun to feel like something that we do isn't just, you know, while, you know, multifamily is important to, to go and, and help you know, animals find homes. We also did another uh, animation called The Village that is in Los Angeles. This is for adults with mental disabilities, and it's really tailored. All of the amenity spaces are tailored to these um, individuals who need that extra help. So that was really great to be able to provide that for them. Um, the area, the community really needs it. So, um, yeah, that was another great one we got to yeah, do. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. I haven't seen that yet. I hope, hopefully you'll send that over because, you know, as everybody knows that watches the show, I'm involved with the Friendship Circle, which is a nonprofit that helps people with special needs. And that would be great to see. One thing about the rendering, I call it rendering versus reality. When we look at the renderings, they look like they're real. I mean, you almost can't even tell that they're not real yet. When you take a rendering and you do a rendering and then somebody builds it or designs it and you look at the before and after and it's so close, what does that make you feel like You know, when you wake up in the morning? Is that something that you really look forward to? Yeah, I mean, it's like so much of any entrepreneur. It's like, you know, you're on to the next, you're on to the next, you're on to the next. Um, but we did one for uh, BlackRock Capital's headquarters. Um, and so my friend from NBBJ sent, which is an architectural firm, ha who I worked with on this project, sent me a video of all the new employees. The video was to kind of attract um, career development and, and to show people what they would have available if they came back to the office. Um, so my friend came and showed me an animation or took a video of everybody in the lobby staring at the wall, watching our animations with their mouths open. And I thought, man, a lot of work went into that. A lot of late nights. Um, my team did an amazing job. And so that, that made me feel very proud. I'm mostly proud of my team and, and how hard they work for me. I'm incredibly blessed for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. We love what you're doing. Before I let you go, I know you only have cut out a certain amount of time. You're doing so much great work and, you know, you're involved with the nonprofit space as well, as well as the for-profit, you know, you're getting involved in the inner cities. You're, I mean, you're, you're everywhere. I want to talk about entrepreneurship because here we are, we're, we're now uh, at a point where you've taken over and put yourself in this position that people are now loving what you're doing, Sophia, at the company. Uh, it's, it's a great company that's been built. Talking to the younger entrepreneurs watching the show, what can you share with them about getting through a tough time? What can you share with them about what it takes to keep on pushing when things don't quite maybe go your way every single second of every single day? You know, I, I would sweat a lot in the beginning. And I learned a lot from my father who would say, listen, it's not a perfect world. I know when to tell clients that and when not to, <laughs> but I think being able to tell yourself that and more or less to treat your team as well as you treat your clients is a lesson that I, I learned. Um, I come from a very militant restaurant background where we expected disrespect and we craved it and we lived off it. And it was a sick industry until recently, but you know, now I've been able to kind of say, oh, okay, well, let me, let me, let me turn this, this face a little bit and um, being able to kind of humble myself and, put all of my appreciation on my team and say, you know, I can't do it without you has been able to then allow me to give more to my clients. So I, any advice I would say is, um, is to put your faith in the right people, know your power um, and use it wisely. I yeah. love it. That's great. And for the p people watching the show, rewind what Sophia just said, that that's gold. There's a lot of people that are out here. They watch the show. Maybe there's, people that we call creatives. They're artists. They, they love to create. They love the art. But when they wake up in the morning, they say to themselves, you know, I'm a creative. I love art. I love design. I, you know, whatever that takes, whether it's digital design or they like to fly drones or whatever it is that they like to do. But they question whether they can enter into the business world because they say to themselves, hey, I'm just a creative. I don't know what it takes to really run a business for the creatives watching the show, maybe you could share some insight about your journey, about stepping into entrepreneurship and not being afraid. Yeah, I mean, well, I still moonlight as an actress as much as I can. I was on a, a children's show last year and it was a really fun experience with Jack McBrayer and who I absolutely love. But what I will say is um, I, I knew that there would be uh, roadblocks. I knew that there would be a lot of... Um, uh, reasons for me to not do something. Um, and so if you don't believe in yourself or if you think that, that you can't do something, I mean, it's all these, these, um, you know, these cliches and, and these power jokes, but I think if, if, if you don't let yourself get in the way, if you don't let anything get in the way and you put one foot in front of the other, something will happen, you know? And I think, ask questions. Um, I think a lot of people get intimidated by meeting somebody that knows something more than them. I love it. I'm like, you know, charm will erase any sort of like, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It'll just make you look, if you, oh, it's, it's so interesting. Tell me more about that. And if you're organized and you write it down and you, you know, you have to be um, fanatical, you have to be manic about wanting something. And then you don't even let yourself get in the way. You just, you don't have time for it, you know? So I think, 
I think if you, I mean, it's, it's a really bad thing to say, but it's true. If, if you are letting yourself get in the way, man, you don't want it enough. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's so true. And some people say fake it till you make it. And a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we scratch our knees, we get knocked down, we, you know, we get kicked in the behind a little bit. And entrepreneurs just have to keep on pushing. And what happens sometimes, especially for creatives, is they try it a few times. Maybe it doesn't go as well as they hoped and they give up. And I think you've really nailed it. I mean, a lot of the old, what we call cliches that we learned when we were a kid are still very true today. And it really is about persistence and determination. You know, I think about it, Sophia, you know, recently, you know, your design studio was mentioned in an article in the Wall Street Journal. You know, you get a lot of press. A lot of people talk about what you're doing when you wake up in the morning. What's your why? What gets you going? Like, what gets you going to rock and roll and lead this team of, you know, the 70 plus people and do your best work? You know, I think it's, it's, um, it's lives, it's people's lives. And I think once you get to a place where you're responsible for other people's lives, um, there's a sort of uh, honorability in that. And so you feel honored to get up and to help bring in work for your team to help provide for your family. And so it becomes less of a a material sort of like, I mean, listen, it's great to have nice things, but it's not about that. It becomes, how can I serve my community? How can I serve my family? How can I take care of people that take care of me? And that's the why, you know? I love it. It's great. It's such a great process. It's such a great History is such a great evolution that you've had in your career now leading to what you're doing and taking, you know, Mark Zabo Studios to the next evolution, to the next, to the next revolution, I would call it, because I know you have a lot of great things on tap with what's happening in the future, Sophia. So congratulations on what you're doing. Everybody loves what you've been able to accomplish. The the outputs remarkable for the people watching the show that have seen some of the architectural visualizations that we put up and the renderings that we placed up along the way. Reach out to Sophia. She's accessible. Her team love helping clients, of course, based on all the reviews. So Sophia, it's just great having you on the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Thanks, Andy. It was a blast. I I, I believe what they all say about you. It's all great things. (laughs) 